Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, hello, you chasers of excellence. Patrick here with a very quick introduction to this week's episode. We did this a month or two ago, a month or two. We did this a month or two ago, something we're calling a benchmark, which is when we go back through the archives to the early episodes of Chasing Excellence to find some of the keystone episodes, the keystone ideas that I feel like we're still building off of, that we're still talking about, we're still examining and exploring. And so I wanted to go back this week to May 3rd, 2017, to the 14th episode that Ben and I did. And it's the first time we talked about nutrition in an episode called Simplifying Nutrition. So I thought that would be fun. Thank you to everybody out there who may have heard this the first time through, though I know a lot of folks found us after 2017. So perhaps this is the first time you've heard this. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it is helpful. We are going to start with the old school introduction, which is fun to listen to. And Ben and I will be back next week with a brand new episode of Chasing Excellence. Until then, keep going. What confidence is has nothing to do with winning or the leaderboard. What confidence is is knowing that you giving your best effort is enough. All right, Ben, today we're going to talk about um, something that a lot of people like to fight about on the internet, which is nutrition. (laughs) Um, So before we sort of dive into wherever the conversation takes us, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm really interested to know how you think about nutrition both or or from not only a GPP perspective in terms of your members um, in the gym, but also your athletes and where, where you're thinking or where your advice to them differs depending on if it's Katrin trying to get to the games or if it's sort of Sally who just wants to lose weight, Mm -hmm. just be a little bit fitter, play with the kids, kids more. Yep. Um, I think it all starts with regardless of whether it's people trying to reach world-class levels of elite fitness, or if it's people trying to lose five or 10 pounds, it all starts at the same spot. It's all a matter of what are you eating and how much? It's pretty obvious. From there, the competitors just dive down a much deeper rabbit hole and go a lot more specific. But where we start with, with everybody is the, the quality of the food. Mm-hmm. And here's my, my big overarching theme about nutrition is it's way simpler than people make it. It's, you know, people are diving down into these incredible minutiae of, you know, percentages of macros and micronutrients and meal timing and carb backloading and all these different things, yet they're not achieving results. I think that we've, we've complicated something that doesn't need to be complicated. You know, if you take the the baseline approach to what food is and how much you should be eating, you're going to get really close to where you want to be. Now, whether that's the elite athlete or the just the person trying to lose five pounds, where what we kind of look for is a level of leanness. So we are looking for all of our members to get, as they get leaner, it coincides with 
other optimal biomarkers or performance levels. So what we're saying there is based off of your body fat percentage, if your body fat goes down to a certain degree, there's yep. a there's a tipping point, but as it creeps down, you know, from 30% to 25 to 20 to 15, we are fairly confident that other biomarkers are going to track along with it. Gotcha. We think that you're So it's a good indicator. It's a good indicator of a lot of other things. We mm-hmm. we think that your mile time your, the time it takes you to run one mile will also go down. We also think that your triglycerides will go down. We also think that your um, your 2K row time will improve. We also think that your HDL and LDL and ferritin and hemoglobin and all the other biomarkers are going to track really nicely with the level of leanness you are. So our starting point for all of our members or athletes, the one number we're looking for is body fat percentage. And once we get to that certain level, then we can start to play the geeky game and I'll geek out as much as anybody wants to. You know, I might not be the the scientist. I might not be the world-class leader in this, but I love talking and geeking out about the nuances of everything. And how frequently do you you run those... body fat tests like how- yeah, yeah it's a good question um we would love to do it quarterly um we do nutrition challenges at the gym yep. which are a little less frequent than that they're probably more like semi-annually um but people do it at the before before and after those so if they are participating in two nutrition challenges a year and they're getting the before and afters so that's four times a year it's yep. essentially quarterly even though it doesn't yep. line up exactly like that for our games athletes we don't do it as frequently as that But the truth is, if I have a really good relationship with an athlete, we don't need to because I can see it. You know, I I can tell by looking at an athlete what they're within, you know, and this is not me being like a a palm reader or something like that. But I've been doing this long enough um, that you can look at somebody and tell how close they are to their optimal level of leanness Mm -hmm. or if they've tipped over and they're too far. Too so, lean. Too lean. Yeah. Yep. So kind of the, the base area we're looking for there, and this is a big broad brush. Okay. So we look for our guys to be under 10% and our girls to be under 15%. Okay. And we think that we think that that's good for our regular members as well as our elite athletes. If guys get below four or five percent, then we might we might need to really switch things. So their range is somewhere in that five or six to ten percent. Ten percent would be a little bit on the high heavy side yep. for a games level athlete. Yep. Regional we might be okay, open for sure. Yep. For our females, if the females are getting down below you know eight or nine, we need to probably talk about having an intervention to do, do something differently. If they're somewhere between that. 10 and 15, we're in the sweet spot. Now everyone's going to have an optimal level within that sweet spot, but we need to get people down below 15 and 10 for females and males respectively. And all of the nutritional protocols we do are set up for that Mm because even to sake for the sake of performance, what we're saying is, so people are like, what about post-workout shakes? And what about creatine? And what about, you know, getting in carbs, pre-workout and post-workout and all these things. What we're saying is all of those little like micro little things are not going to move the needle as much for you as losing five pounds of fat. Mm -hmm. Losing five five pounds of fat will improve everything else you do in our sport. And our sport is just a a microcosm of life. Right. So we're going to improve your life if you drop five pounds of fat. Mm -hmm. So how would you, how would you begin then without getting to that, the sort of the geeky end of it, you have an athlete either at the gym or, or a competitive athlete who, who you say, okay, we need to, they, you need to lose five to eight pounds, mm-hmm. right? To get to that sort of that optimal place. Where do you then begin so that you don't, so that you do avoid like 
the conversations that you can easily get in the rabbit hole, assuming that that individual doesn't want yeah. to go in the rabbit hole. Like, where do you, how, how simple can you make it yep. and still be effective? Yeah. Um, super simple. Eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Done. Love so, it. So, I mean, you could talk about macronutrients, the yeah. carb backloading. You could talk about paleo, all that. Everything that you talk about, once you get away from those three terms I just said, carries with it some sort of agenda in my mind. Someone's trying to sell you a program. Someone's trying to sell you a book. Someone's trying to sell you their methodology. Some, To me, it's the things that very few nutritionists in the world would argue with is to eat real food, mm-hmm. not too much of it, and most of it should be plant-based. So we can break that down real easily. So eat real food. That means that it either grew out of the ground or it had eyes. It's like it was yep. alive. Yep. And if you left it on a shelf, it would die. It would perish and mold really quickly. Yep. It's real food. Everything else that comes in a box or a bag or in the middle aisles of the supermarket, this is a powerful term. And a lot of the stuff I got from Michael... Um, Pollan. Michael Paul Is that... Yeah, Michael Pollan. Yep. Um, um, in defense of food yep. and on the board's dilemma, books, yeah. food rules, that type of stuff. I just like his methodology because to me, it's the least biased. Yep. He's like, hey, there's, there's civilizations out there that eat mostly rice and they're right. doing really well. There's civilizations out there that eat mostly fat and fish and they're doing really well or whale blubber and they're doing really well. The, the, the commonalities are those three things. So um, if it's not a living thing, and don't confuse this with paleo because then paleo people are like, well, what about corn? What about green beans? Those might not be okay, right? Mm-hmm. They're legumes and they're and but they're like, but but paleo brownies are okay. Right. It's like <laughs> paleo brownies are brownies. They're, they're <laughs> brownies. You know, if you have to put the word paleo yes, in front that's of always it, been the rule. It's not paleo. <laughs> right. No one's like, can I can you pass me a paleo apple? <laughs> one of those paleo cucumbers? Yeah, I got a paleo salmon today. <laughs> like, okay. So yep. and they they load it up with agave and maple yeah. syrup and you know, coconut sugar, and they they're they're skirting the system. If you're having organic grass-fed ice cream, you're eating ice cream. Mm-hmm. So the first one is eat real food. Anything that's other than that is an edible, man-made food-like substance, which was created by people in lab coats, in plants, with the purpose and the sole purpose of making money by making it really, really tasty. The way they do that is by putting bad stuff in it mm-hmm. and extending the shelf life by taking nutrients out. That's the goal. Like they have no, they have a responsibility to their shareholders. That's the way that they're going to maximize the bottom line is by those two things. So eat real food, not too much. We're going to figure out what the right amounts are for you. Now, I'm not a huge fan of macros because people can brutalize macros by flexible dieting and, uh, and taking away rule number one. Right. So they're like, I have so many carbs left. Pretzel time. Right. You know, it's, it's not pretzel time. It's eat real food. And what they also do is they don't balance things out well. They'll have a whole bunch of protein early. Actually, what most people do. This is what most people do when they do macros is they don't eat it all in the morning. And then they're left with a whole bunch at night. And then they go off the rails and try to get it in or they can't get it all in. Now, do you want to maybe not to go too far into it, but what is macros? Yeah. The macro thing is it's yeah. relatively new. Yeah. And maybe I, I don't want to say macros is not right for Everybody, because some people thrive on it. Yeah, my athletes, my elite athletes, do macros, right. and they work with an incredible coach, a D, um, Cashew, and 
through the working as gravity program and it's dialed in. Yep. If it's dialed in and it works, it works. Yep. That's not for the majority of people. For the majority of people, it ends up being this really complicated math problem mm-hmm. where you're trying to get in a certain number of carbohydrates, you're trying to get a certain number of protein, a certain number of fats within the day to add up to a certain number of calories. And people are trying to play this math game like, okay, this serving has this many carbs and this much fat that's going to take away from this. That means I'm left with this. That means my next meal, I have to look up the label and see what's left in here. And that's going to fit into the program. It becomes this equation, mm-hmm. which is so not the way we're supposed to eat. Right. In my mind, what we're going to do is we're just going to eat a balanced plate every single time we eat. And that is, let's have about, you know... A palm-sized serving of protein, yep. a palm-sized serving of starch or fruit, and the rest is vegetables. Mm-hmm. Thumb-sized serving of fat. You're done. So what we're looking at there is like four to six ounces of salmon, fish, chicken, beef, whatever. It's really nice. Like that's usually about the serving size. From there, you're going to have a apple or a serving of sweet potatoes or some uh, a small serving of rice, you know, about the size of your palm. Yep. The rest of your plate, and not the rest of, as much as you can, the rest becomes vegetables. Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing with not too much is there's two big things. You're going to eat that three or four times a day. We're going to talk about post-workout stuff later because that's geeking out. Mm -hmm. That's not for everybody in the beginning. Three or four times a day, depending on how big you are. If you're a male with a large or an extra large shirt, that should be four. If you're a female with a small or medium shirt, you should be three. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in between for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And then from there, what we're going to do is eat only those meals. And here's the big things. No going back for seconds and no snacking between meals. Mm -hmm. That's the secret to not too much. It can't get easier than that, right? Right. And then the mostly plants, we already talked about. So eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Plants are the most nutrient-dense foods there are, meaning there's the most zinc and magnesium and vitamin A, B, C. You're going to get the most good stuff in the least calorie-dense and low-sugar form through vegetables. It's what we should be eating the majority of. And it's hard to overeat on vegetables, particularly if they're in their raw state. Mm -hmm. So if they're raw, it's unlimited. Don't discriminate and go for it. Once they're cooked, it should not exceed the size of your plate. That's it. And we can't boil down more than that. Eat real food, not too much, mostly plants. Uh, It's been interesting to sort of having like you've been in the in in the CrossFit community for 10 years now, maybe more, to have seen it go from the first couple of years, it was everything was zone, right? If you were serious about your diet, you were on the zone diet. Mm-hmm. And then paleo came in and it was like that was that sort of took over. And then if you were super serious, it was paleo zone. And yep. and now it seems like this macro idea is, yep. is like the new zone or the new paleo yep. zone, whatever it is. Any any insight or any ideas or, or thoughts on why this sort of this cycle kind of happens every two or three years where people are suddenly talking about, okay, that was the old thing and now here's the new thing. Everyone loves the next thing. People don't believe that doing things basic the right way can get them what they want. Yet, you know, we know that if you just focus on improving your overhead squat, everything else is going to get better. So here's my kind of quick analogy into like, should it be paleo or should it be Weighing and measuring, zone or macros. Clean eating, real food or paleo, whatever you want to term that, not eating junk and not eating man-made food-like substances, is quality. When we go to the gym now, we know quality is really good. We know thrusters and pull-ups and burpees and running and deadlifts 
are better for you than their counterparts of leg extensions, calf raises, bicep curls, and any outing machine and butt blaster. We know that they produce better results. That's the quality side. So we know that meat, fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds are better for you than Ritz crackers, tortilla chips, and Skittles. Mm-hmm. We, we know that. The quality is there. Then the other side of that is the quantity. We know when we work out, it's better to know that you did 21, 15, 9 of thrusters and pull-ups with 95 pounds bar, 95 pound bar, and it took you three and a half minutes. Yep. We quantify it. We're putting numbers to it. We measured your output. Now we don't go through the whole calculations to figure out the power output, but you don't have to. Because mm-hmm. every time you go and work out and do Fran, it's 95 pounds, it's chin over the bar with full extension, and it's 2159. If you measure the time, you have everything in that. That's all the variables you need mm-hmm. to figure out your power output. Similar to when you eat, which most people in the paleo world are not doing, we need to know how much. So we need to do some sort of zone or macros or some sort of weighing and measuring, whether that's really strict eyeball with the size of your hand, not going back for seconds, no snacking. So people in the paleo side are saying, no, no, we should be doing thrusters and pull-ups. And people on the, the macro zone side are saying, no, no, we just have to measure it. Well, when you go to the gym... It's not, you're not just going to the gym and measuring your output for leg extensions and bicep curls. You're not doing 2159 of leg extensions and bicep <laughs> curls. And similarly, you're not going to the gym, not knowing how much you're putting on the bar, yep. not timing it, and not having a rep scheme, just doing thrusters and pull-ups. You have to have both of them together to get the sweet stuff. That's why it's eat real food, not too much. Mm-hmm. You have to have both of those together. Right. In Greg Glassman's terms, it's eat meat, vegetables, nuts, seeds, some fruit, little starch, no sugar, keep intake levels that which support exercise, not body fat. He's saying the same thing yeah. in different terms. Right. And he's been saying that from the very beginning. He's, he of, hasn't, he's known he this. He hasn't deviated from He's it. known this since, yeah. you know, shocker for right. decades right. while we're still trying to figure it out. Right. Well, we bounce back and forth. Right. Though. We debate it back and forth. He's just kind of up there like, go ahead. <laughs> I thought I saw this already. I've been saying this at every level one seminar yeah. for the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So, uh, where does, where, uh, so body weight is sort of your, um, sort of key body, indicator. Body fat. Body fat. Right. Yeah. Um, where does something like blood work fit into that? Does it matter? Is it something that only you, you, you suggest only your top athletes go to? Like, where do you fall in yep. line on that? I'm a big fan of getting blood work done. Okay. Um, so blood work allows you to see underneath the hood and see if anything's out of whack. Without that, you're playing a guessing game. So if you go to a nutritionist, nutritionist looks at you and says, and looks at your diet and then says, hmm, you need to get more zinc, mm-hmm. which is what they're all gonna say. Right. It's a hot thing now. <laughs> Everyone says you need to get more zinc. Yeah. Or you need to get more magnesium or more calcium. It's what every, you know, back in the day it was, you know, fish oil, then it became vitamin D and now it's zinc. It's just the next thing. Yeah. It's what nutritionists like to talk about because it makes them feel smart. What they're going to say is you need more of this micronutrient based off your diet. Yet they have no idea. That would be me like you calling me up on the phone, having I never met you at all, and be like, here's what I'm doing for my squat program. What should I do to improve my squat? And me being like, I think you need to get back on your heels more. Yeah. 
<laughs> I've never seen it. I mean, it, may not, seen, be, it not be, may not be wrong. It might not it, be wrong, but, but it's probably not the right but answer. But no, but it could be wrong. Yeah. Because them saying you need more zinc, you might be dangerously high That's levels true. of zinc as is. Yep. You might be squatting on your heels as it is. You're going to fall over backwards. It could be wrong. It could be dangerous. I have to watch you squat if I want to improve your squat. Yep. It's the same thing with the nutritionist. They have to look under the hood to see it. So we get our blood work done. We do it with all of our top athletes. And the funny thing is about the zinc, they're all optimal levels or slightly above. Mm -hmm. If we supplemented like all of our nutritionists want us to, it becomes detrimental to our health. So that doesn't, that does, that's not something that's exclusive to world-class athletes. Everybody should be doing that. You should not be supplementing, in my opinion, with anything unless you know the reason why you're doing it. That would be like not knowing what kind of car you're driving, whether it's gas or diesel. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going to put this in anyway. <laughs> you know, they said. Right. So you got to look underneath the hood first. Right. So do you do you have a lot of your members do blood work, assuming that they come to you and saying, you know, looking for real nutritional advice? Is that generally the place that you start with them? Or is yeah. that is that sort of a step further? Yeah, no, it's definitely not where we start. Okay. Um, because it's the micro. Gotcha. And here's the idea is if you do the, the, the big macro stuff, real food, not too much, most places, yep. you're going to get 85% of it there anyway. Yep. Now, if we want to get that little extra bump, and maybe if you have some sort of like issue, like you're really tried all these things and you can't get healthy, you really have low energy, it's a great exercise to go through. Yeah. We go through a company called Inside Tracker, mm-hmm. which is Boston-based, so it's really yep. nice for us. They give you 35 biomarkers. The blood work you get from your doctor it doesn't tell you the story. There's yeah. no story. They're going right. to tell you HDL, LDL, cholesterol, you know, maybe some, a few of the vitamins and, you know, something else. You need way more than that. And then truthfully, what you need is someone to kind of- Explain it to you. Yeah, to, <laughs> to, to, to kind of go through the weeds and pull pull out the little stories, you yeah. know. And, I'm not, you know, this isn't an ad for Inside Tracker, but they can, they're pretty good. They could yeah. be like, oh, based off of your ferritin levels, your hemoglobin and this- you need to stop having caffeine afternoon. Mm-hmm. They can do that. That's pretty cool. Yep. That tells a really good story. Um, the idea though is that you can get really close without that, without that. But if you want to get that little extra 10, 15% or you're an outlier, then it's a it's a really good practice to probably go through. So that's a good segue into sort of the the last topic, which is just how you think about it for your top, top athletes or f- how somebody who wants to be a top athlete should be thinking about it. Is it all those things we've talked about, the blood work, and then whatever that blood work tells you to do is like, that's the next step. And that's where you geek out yep. on it. So the way I would do it is, um, yeah, but there's some steps in between. Okay. So what we start with is real food, regardless of who we are. Yep. So it's not, um, cause you, you need the nutrients you need. Here's the thing that people don't, I don't think people realize. We can compete in the sport of fitness. The the primary test of what we do is called Metcons, which is short for metabolic conditioning. I don't think people are drawing the link here. Metabolic is metabolism. Mm -hmm. It's your body's ability to take food and turn it into energy. What we're doing is we're competing in the sport of eating into energy. (laughs) That's really what it is. So when you have high school kids come in and they do their first crossfit workout and they puke, the reason they're puking is because they don't have good enough nutrition. That's the reason. What we need to do is get much better at feeding your body with the right nutrients. That's huge. I know there's all these outliers, people that yep. eat peanut butter and milk and <laughs> everyone wants it, you know. Right. 
that's a huge component of what we're doing is the nutrients. Now, once we have the whole food, then from there, we're going to go to the quantity stuff. And we start people off at basically a 30, 30, 30, 33%, 33%, but yep. a third of each, you know, kind of that same idea. In terms idea. of protein, carbs, protein, carbs fat. and fat. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, protein, carbs, and fat. From there, once they get, they'll go to that leanness. If they follow along with this program, they'll get down to below 15 or 10%. Once we're there, then we're going to tweak to find out where they perform optimally. And once they get to that optimal level, then we're going to try to get more carbohydrates into them. Carbohydrates are just different forms of sugar, monosaccharide, disaccharides, polysaccharides, just different sugars. Mm -hmm. They've taken different shapes and forms. That's what carbs are. Your sugars are stored in your body as glycogen. Glycogen is stored energy in your muscles and your liver for energy. That's what we compete in a glycolytic sport. Yes, there's some of the really high power stuff. And yes, there's some longer oxidative stuff. The majority of what we do requires glycogen. Mm -hmm. So the person that can put more glycogen into the engine is going to perform better. So once we get, assuming they're already at their optimal level of leanness. So that's the whole idea is like, it doesn't make sense to put more stores in when you already have all this fat storage. So what we're going to do is we're going to bring more carbohydrates in. So that's the missing what you said. Mm -hmm. So between the eating clean measuring and the blood work, there's two different levels. One is let's try to get as many carbs into us as possible. Not protein. People love the protein thing, but post-workout carbohydrates are more important with with by but still keeping within that window of body fat percentage yes right? is that correct that's the yep. sort of the, so how can we while <clears> staying <throat> at not even that window anymore what's your optimal level gotcha so if we might get you to 14 percent, but we're still not where we want to be we might bring you all the way down to 11 mm-hmm. percent, right and let's get you even more and, then- and here's the thing is like if you're compliant it's like a machine we can just do this yeah. you know it's just a matter of how much bad you want it yeah so we get you to the optimal level of leanness. And then once we're there, then we're going to try to get you more carbohydrates in the form of some pretty dense ones like sweet potatoes, raisins, rice, oatmeal, and bananas. That's where we kind of go to. Then from there, the next level we'll do is we'll work on supplementation. In supplementation, there's a carbohydrate supplement that we'll go to first. Um, that's a big one. The next one is protein. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking for a whey protein isolate. Yep. Then from there, we talk about creatine, creatine monohydrate, not one of the matrixes or blends, five grams a day, don't have to meal time it. And it can be uh, taken um, um, at any time. You don't need to go like with grape juice or high glycemic carbs or anything like that. Um, and then from there, we go into the micronutrients and that's where um, the blood testing comes in. Gotcha. And that, so the, the blood work is really like the it's end the of the line. Of let's, it. let's find that last 1%, which is exactly as you, you know, as we've talked about, and as you said a lot, like that 1% can be, if we could get, if we could get 1% out of your blood work, I mean, that would be like a home run. Yeah. People work really hard all year long to get 1% improvement yeah. in one of their categories. Yep. So if we could get 1% just by doing a blood test and doing like some vitamin D supplementation, yeah. Huge. Oh my God, huge. Yeah. yeah. But it's not it's not a panacea for it won't fix everything. Like getting blood work, seeing where you're deficient, getting some supplements. If you're doing blood work and you're trying to get um a little supplementation, you're trying to get it increase more vitamin D, but you're still doing, you know, wine and tortilla chips for dinner. What's the point? It's 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 not gonna it's not gonna move the needle for you. Cool. Awesome. Let's leave it at that. Cool. Thanks, Pat. Thank you. Thank you. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.